Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Mike Kegley. Today I will have on Caleb Henry. He's from KLIN in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's the mothership of the Nebraska Cornhusker Network. And he will be talking to us about their win over Wisconsin last night. And he will be discussing the game on Sunday when Nebraska shows up to fight the Illini in the State Farm Center. We're looking forward to a good discussion. We'll be right back after these messages. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys Radio Network by advertising on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. The weekly two-hour syndicated show airs on more than 20 stations and is heard in six states throughout the Midwest, including Chicago, St. Louis, the Quad Cities, Peoria, Bloomington, Springfield, Champaign, Decatur, Rockford, and Quincy, just to name a few, with a reach of more than 11 million people. For information, send an email to mike at illiniguys.com and let's work together to grow your business. That's mike at I-L-L-I-N-I-G-U-Y-S dot com and let the power and reach of the Illini Guys Network work for you. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on credit worthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. And this is Mike Kegley. We are back. As promised, we have on Caleb Henry. Now, Caleb is at KLIN. That's the flagship of Nebraska Cornhuskers. So basically, uh, this is the station that everything originates from for Cornhusker mania. And folks, if you're listening to this from Illinois side, you've never seen anything like this. The uh, <laughs> they, They've got like a nine-hour pregame show for every football game and a, like an eight hour <laughs> post game show. I mean, it's longer than the actual game. So uh, he's the program director, sports director and host of his own radio show, Caleb Henry. Caleb, thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy man. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. And by the way, they did cut it this last or two years ago, I guess, to just a four hour pregame. And, and overall <laughs> it's about a, I believe it's an 11 or a 13 hour day. Yes, pregame game to the end of taking a bunch of calls after I see a lot of uh, Illinois radio station program directors, you know, their eyes rolling in the back of their head. We will have to pitch a four hour pregame Illini guys show and see how how much response there is. I'm it's not... content. It's content. People love it. And as, I... as you guys, you guys know, since Nebraska joined the league, Husker fans love them some content. Yes, this I, I, I have to admit they. We will see. We can actually see it on our numbers when we have on big sports radio. When we do Husker things, you can actually see the downloads go up. <laughs> and so it is. Husker fans are loyal individuals. So hey, you know, last night we're recording this. Um, you know, for early Friday, 
But last night we had a major upset with the Huskers taking down the Badgers and really, you know, coming from behind and, and a game that maybe didn't look like it had a lot of drama turned into a fearsome Nebraska rally. What keyed that rally? What happened? You really saw in the in the second half the defensive intensity go to a different level. And that's one of the things that this team feeds really well off of inside the building at Pinnacle Bank Arena that uh, they just don't have on the road. The When the energy starts to jump a little bit, it jumps a lot in, in PBA. And Nebraska's defense ramped up. You also saw Wisconsin missing shots that they made all through the first half. So there was a little bit of a combination there that the Badgers were starting to get rattled. But there was a key stretch where C.J. Wilcher just started going ballistic, hitting hitting anything and everything from three, hitting long uh, long twos, hitting multiple free throws, sparked a couple of different runs. But over that same stretch, the Badgers made, I think, one basket, had eight turnovers in eight minutes. And that was something that they hadn't been doing throughout the first half. Chucky Hepburn had been taking care of the ball for him. He had mul- ended up with multiple turnovers especially late in the game. He made a couple of ill-advised passes that he just wasn't doing early on, but it really became CJ Wilcher started going off. Rink mass started to hit shots when he had some open ones earlier that he didn't hit. And then the juices start going in that building and Nebraska's defense really starts locking down stuff. They're not giving up offensive rebounds at the same rate that you tend to see them do that. And just everything really came together for Nebraska over the last 15 minutes of regulation. And then obviously the five minutes in overtime. One quick question. If I would have told you that Nebraska was going to beat Wisconsin and Tominaga would have two points, what would you have told me if I, if I gave you that prediction? I would have thought you had to have a really big night from rank mast like he did against Ohio state. Uh, where he scored 34 points, had 10 rebounds in that game. He he went nuts from three in that one. Now, he had, a, he had a couple big ones last night. He had a step back to tie the game at 65, where you were thinking, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, it went in. And and I would have thought you would have had to have another 30-point night from Rank Mass. Now, he ends up with 20 and just shy of a double-double with his eight rebounds. But seeing the development of CJ Wilcher, that, that kind of ultimately is the key, obviously, as he has 22 points, hits five from beyond the arc and really sparked anything. But yeah, we've seen Tobinaga's minutes go down recently. A big part of that is the defensive side. And if, Kase is not hitting shots. You're seeing Hoiberg take him to the bench a little bit quicker in some of their rotations. Now, when Kase is hitting, they'll keep him out there. They'll ride some of that hot hand. He just hasn't been hitting recently. So CJ Wilcher, talk a little bit about his evolution this season. Well, he he accepted a role of coming off the bench. This is a guy who had been a starter yep. and, and trying to figure out where the team is best. He accepted a role coming off the bench. It's going to be... I, I'll we we can say it right now. I know there's a lot of games left to be played. Nebraska, in particular, has nine more regular season games still to like. So we're halfway through the Big Ten season. If CJ Wilcher is not six man of the year, there's something wrong in this league with, with what he has done, accepting that role off the bench, going and getting 22 against a, a ranked Wisconsin team, top six in the country. The things that he has done over this stretch, you you've seen him go 
on that end of the floor, obviously shoot the ball. He he's become so much more consistent the way he can just get off shots. And when he hits one, it, it's like the, the, the old basketball games where it's like, once you hit three, you're on fire. If he hits one, he starts hunting because he knows he has it. He's dialed in with one and the defensive side of the ball. He, he actually has, has really turned on a lot of things that he can do on that side. You'll see him. Uh, you saw it last night. If anyone watches the, the replay, he does get rotated out with their defensive substitution because that rotation was just so good that they had on the floor that Wilcher was still kind of that, that sixth man, but he was so necessary to the offensive side of the ball. And, and he has stepped up in so much of that is because of him accepting that role coming off the bench for, for a lot of guys, they they've been starters their whole lives all through high school, coming to college and they, they get a little bit of taste of starting. They don't want to go back to the bench, yeah, but this is a guy who said, I'll come off the bench and start, taken over games it's not who starts it who finishes and cj wilcher is the guy there at the end of the games yeah and i will tell you you know he he was so important you know last night and and really played well and i i look at rink mast and i'm wondering you know do, do he it would be kind of fun to see him and coleman hawkins mm -hmm. go go toe to toe two two talented players right. uh, who are capable I, i'm not i don't know if they're score first guys but they're capable of putting up the points when their team needs it Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and then because of the, the, the extended part of that game, just on rank mast, he ends up playing 38 minutes last night. And that's, he, this is a guy who's had some knee issues. He's had to, to miss a couple of games, had a, a brace on earlier in the year. He's still wearing, I think a brace on, on one of his knees now that it's come back on. I I'm concerned about his knees on two days of rest before going on the road. The other part is Juwan Gary came back last night. He met, he had missed a couple of games with an injury uh, to, to his ankle where everyone was kind of really concerned that it was going to be a torn Achilles. And ultimately he just misses a few games, comes back, played 33 minutes last night after missing some games with injuries, most guys, when they come back, it's, can they get to 15? Can they get to 20? <laughs> he played 33 in a really necessary game. So, so there are some guys that have gone out there, whether they've been banged up or, or not that put on a lot of minutes to help Nebraska get that win. Yeah. And that's, that's the same that we're seeing. Illinois has concern. Coleman Hawkins has a, a knee that's been bothering him as well. Uh, has you know took a little bit of a break uh, in December when he when they were able to space out some games that really helped him, and uh, you know you do get concerned because he's there are some games he's putting in 38, 40 minutes, and you mm -hmm. you just don't want that to to be the norm. Uh, and of course, Terrence Shannon Jr. is coming back, so he's you know I, I think he he stayed in nice physical shape. But I do think there's a difference, you know, running wind sprints uh, at the at the training center as opposed to being in a game with people shouting and mm -hmm. your teammates depending on you. Then I think that that training, you, <laughs> you got to get back into game shape. It's kind of like a boxer, you know, the right one thing sparring, but it's another thing when somebody's trying to, you know, throw punches that are going to hurt you. Right. When when we look at this, it, it what adjustments has Hoiberg made over the over the course of this season? that has helped this team because this is a, this is a team that's looking, you know, 16 and six here. They, they've got opportunities. They have, they're starting to look like how many teams can we knock off to lock up a NCAA bid? I don't think it's necessarily adjustments he's made this year because they came out and it set themselves up with a, a really, 
I mean, it was it was an easy non-conference schedule to, so that they could build momentum, and they, they took advantage of that. Obviously, where they just dropped the they they dropped to Creighton, and then ha- you have those weird couple of conference games in December, and they lost at Minnesota. But now, Nebraska did really well through the non-conference. Really, the adjustments came about a year ago when you saw a couple of injuries, including one to Jawan Gary, another one to Emmanuel Bandamel, who we just saw on social media this week is getting some things going with his professional career. But Nebraska had to adjust the way their offense was running. That's where we saw the evolution in, 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 in Kasei Tominaga really come out because changing the way they were running a little bit of their offense where it wasn't so just get up and go all the time, no matter what, stag- stand around, be stagnant. You still see some of that come out, but there's so much more of an emphasis has gone to the defensive side of the ball. And you see that with some of the rotations. I think prior to last year, if you would have had a guy like Casey where you go, oh, he can average 20, I think Hoiberg would have sided with just leaving Tominaga out there, even with some of the defensive liability, even if he wasn't hitting. Now it has become, all right, who can go lock down on defense? Who are guys that maybe they're they're not going to win every single battle for a rebound, but they're going to give you the best chance. He's starting to err towards that side of things so much more than he did early on in his career, or not his career, but his tenure here in Lincoln. And I think a, a big part of that is he has some guys that he can trust on offense, like a C.J. Wilcher, but especially a Jawan Gary. Someone, someone who can settle things down on offense and be, be a guy that you can go to, even though I'd still argue this team doesn't have somebody that's just going to go be that guy at the end of a game when they need it. But, but Jawan Gary and what he can do on both sides of the ball, he they've built up some depth and have some guys that have been here a couple of years in a way that they didn't early on. So the biggest, the biggest move Hoiberg has done is maybe tried to be a little bit more defensive. And that started about a year ago. The question is, has anybody asked him, you know, the difference between because, you know, he had some spectacular years at Iowa State before he made the apparently it seems to be an issue for Iowa State coaches that they have a blind spot of becoming a Bulls coach. (laughs) But um, before he went to to, you know, the NBA and then came back to Nebraska, I wondered, you know, like when you compare the two conferences, would he have stayed more offensive minded if he was in the big 12 as opposed to coming into the big 10 where let's face it, you've got Purdue, Wisconsin, Michigan state, Illinois, that put a premium on the, uh, the defensive end of the court. And, and while they, they're, they're not exclusive at the top of the conference, they've, they've been very influential the last five years in who wins the title has anybody ever asked him that in some of the post games or not? Not so much, but I, I would venture to say that that Nebraska would have done better over his first couple of years. Not that they would have competed for a title, but I think right. they would have competed in a lot more games in the Big Twelve than they would have than they did in the Big Ten. And a big part of that, you still see it right now. Nebraska doesn't have a dominant semi-traditional big man. Like like Rink Maskin can go get stuff, and he'll be he'll be really good defensively. But no one's looking at him to be be on those lists of of best centers in the in the country. You're still looking at guys that are a lot closer to a Zach Eady. Like you're still looking at a lot of guys that the Big Ten is traditionally known for, where they're gonna get inside and really body a lot of guys up. Now Rink obviously he did that to Eady. He he was able to slow him down on the defensive side. 
but that's not something anyone on Nebraska's teams have been able to consistently do. You look at last year with Derek Walker, he was an undersized big. Nebraska just hasn't gone and been able to get these 6'10 to 7'2 guys consistently where they're going to say, this is our emphasis inside. And I don't think Hoiberg's ever going to completely go to that, but he's found a little bit more of a middle ground with guys who are committing themselves to the defensive end in a way that maybe you didn't see with some of the guys playing the big position his first couple of years. Yeah, and 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 last night was a big win from the standpoint that when Nebraska goes 16 and 16, they've just equaled his best win total as coach mm-hmm. at Nebraska. And you're looking at at, you know, nine more Big Ten games plus a Big Ten tournament and opportunity potentially to be in the NCAA tournament. You know, that that puts him, I, I think, a, a 20 win season is clearly a, a, a very attainable goal. And and, you know, with some good fortune, I don't know, maybe a 25, you know, when you look at this. So this is a whole new world for Nebraska basketball. It it is. And you look at those those last nine as you're trying to get to that kind of that magic number 20, which starts to look really good when you when you're comparing NCAA tournament resumes. Four of these final nine are at home. And Nebraska has one loss at home on the season, and that was to Creighton. And they they got up early and they couldn't miss. Nebraska couldn't hit anything, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Other than that, that Nebraska is undefeated at home all yep. through league play, all the rest of non-conference. And so when you have the four at home, you feel really good about the And two of the wins are over number one and number six, a couple of teams competing to win the whole league. And we know Nebraska is not quite in, in that conversation yet, but you have four at home. You feel really good about those four. So that gets you to 20. Can you steal one or two on the road? Nebraska doesn't have any wins on the road in the Big Ten. As a matter of fact, Nebraska has only one true road win on the season, and that was at Kansas State, which looked decent a couple of weeks ago but the the wildcats have kind of fallen off so so can nebraska figure something out on the road get one so you know you can do it uh but then you definitely have to hold serve at home yep and and that's that's the way illinois fans have looked at the big 10 for years if you can find a way to win them all at home then anything that you get on the road is is People call it a gold, uh, a gold bar, but I, I tend to think more platinum, um, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's so hard to do. And of course, we've seen top ten teams time after time, not just in the Big Ten, but across the country, get beat on the road. I think there is a difference with the talent dispersing because of the opportunities that the transfer portal, coupled with NIL, offer players to hit to get playing time and some degree of uh, remuneration. Mm-hmm. for for their efforts right there's no point in like you know i'm gonna wait a year to to back up so and so and then i'm gonna shine next year i'll just go play here there or wherever oh and by the way i'll have some some money in my pocket too right yeah that definitely plays into some of the decision making depending on where you are in some of those those draft lists and and if you're if you're a first rounder well it, you might start to lean that way but if you're if you're second round even early second round uh, then it's okay. You might be going to a not great team on a second second round contract. 
Or if you are late in the second round, well, is it a team that I think I can make? Because that's probably going to be a better team unless those picks have been traded, all those things. But where, where can you be? And it's, we, we talk about it in the NFL with Matt rule and what he tells players and, and recruits is it's not about that first contract. It's that second contract, same thing in the NBA. Can you get to that second contract? Well, if you're already looking at being in the second round, how, how much are those NBA dreams, something that's absolutely, actually going to come to fruition would uh would a, another year in college help you improve that or can you make more than you would in that year potentially in the nba or g league while playing college basketball and jumpstart a career overseas yep exactly and 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 i can i can tell you that when you look at the potential to make you know, for some that that was why people were so mystified because Kofi Coburn could be playing his co his uh, COVID year this year, and yeah. you know he would he he would probably leave college making close to four million dollars. Instead, he chooses he has people around him who are, to be honest, disingenuous and not very bright, and he ends up going and playing in Korea for two hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. You know, just a sad. He, you know, if he was still in the, if he was still in the big 10, it'd be him and Zach Eady the last two years for who wins player of the year. Yeah. And I, I believe if I'd seen it right, doesn't, does Zach Eady have a COVID year still to use? I believe he does. Although the NBA is slightly warming up to him. I'm, I'm still thinking that his best bet would be to stay for one more year. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will say that he is a conundrum because there are more fouls not called when he gets hit than any player, <laughs> but he also gets away with more fouls. Absolutely. Than anybody else. And Kofi was in that same mm -hmm. category. I give, I give uh, Zach a little bit of the win there um, because, you know, Zach was able to concuss Kofi with an elbow and not even get a foul called. Right. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give Zach the win, but, but those big guys, the, the NBA doesn't need them anymore. They just drag them outside and, and, you know, watch them stumble. And, you know, in college game, there aren't there that many opportunities to do it. And, and the refs have no, the refs have a hard enough time calling a regular game. They have no idea how to guard and call a big guy like that. And, Especially and in the hard. big 10, big yes. 10 officiating already has enough issues. Well, and, and look, I, I, you know, we did a, on, on, on our, um, Illini guys website, I interviewed a college referee, anonymously mm -hmm. because he couldn't he wouldn't put his name on anything um and there are supervisors in in each conference and you have to adhere to both how the supervisor wants and the big name coaches you, you don't mm -hmm. want supervisor mad at you don't get hired again and if a big name coach says that guy stinks you don't get hired again yeah and and i'll be honest with you until the big 10 gets a supervisor who wants to wants to what i what i say is college hockey mm -hmm. years ago college hockey made the decision that we want the speed and the talented player the fast players the talented players to shine in our league we don't need a 240 pound guy who can cause a fight once a game and break somebody's leg we're not going to have those in our game when the big 10 decides that we're just going to let our physical talent shine through i think they will have more success in the postseason, and as good as their ratings are now, because they are the king of college basketball, they will get better. Absolutely, but until which they would be great too, as the as the league expands. Oh no, I'm totally with you. But when you have guys like, I mean, let's Matt Painter is a fantastic coach, but let's let's face it, the the whole Purdue defense is based on grab. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. Wisconsin is very similar to that. Michigan State is very similar to that. Like Illinois doesn't play the grab game. Now they'll foul you plenty. Trust me, I've seen <laughs> there's plenty of fouls in an <laughs> Illinois game. But they don't play the grab the jersey crap all the time. Mm-hmm. And and until those coaches have less power or the league just decides, hey, you know what? This is the route we're going. You know, the supervisor dictates what the refs do. You can see referees that we dislike in the Big Ten. You can watch them do a Big 12 or a SEC game, and you can go, wow, this guy's really good. Mm-hmm. That's because he has a different set of parameters. And yeah. and we cover, with Big Sports Radio and with Illini guys, we cover um, AAU tournaments. And when I go down and talk to kids in Dallas, you know, to EYBL or Memphis or Phoenix, wherever, the, you will hear college coaches, and then the kids will regurgitate it back college coaches from these other conferences will tell these kids, do you want to go play in the WWE? Do you want to get punched? You know, IO getting his nose broke. They didn't Mm -hmm. even call a foul on that until they ran the replay and Underwood had to call timeout, you know? So, so when you see those things, players, it's making a difference with them. Mm -hmm. So one, one final question here that, that I'll ask you, and then we can turn it around for, um, for, for Nebraska fans who might be listening but Bryce Williams, you don't hear much about him. But you see here he's averaging 13 points a year, almost six rebounds, almost three assists, a steal a game. He's having quite a year. Why don't we hear more about a, a, a six seven wing player who who right. you know, is 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 really quite important to the team? Yeah, he he's one of those guys, and and I know the term gets thrown out there, glue guys, but he's someone who's a little bit necessary, kind of all over. Now you take last night for instance, he really started to force some stuff, and he, he had, he could not hit anything, couldn't keep a guy in front of him, just didn't look good to start the game, and you got into winning time, he's taking free throws to put Nebraska up by two with thirty seconds to go in the game. Like you have those types of positions he puts himself in he can he can shoot the ball well at times he can he can drive to the rack he can play pretty good defense uh distributes the ball okay when when he needs to the biggest thing is he kind of gets just overshadowed we we saw rink mast have a really big night uh cj wilcher goes off has a really big night we know what case tobinaga can do when he's hitting they're they're just every now and then some of these other guys are really going off and he's just kind of been consistent and steady and uh he'll he'll disappear for a little bit then he'll make kind of he'll make a pretty good play in transition he's just been one of those guys that you know you 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 have in the in the lineup that defenses now have to go wait that's a the six seven like like why why is he out there and then defensively he's just so long he can do he can get into some passing lanes and it especially helps the way nebraska tries to play defense where they'll double down on a lot of anytime the post gets the ball inside and he just has that length that when he's on the opposite end it's tough to skip that ball out of there yep yep totally any questions that you might have in terms of the uh, illini team that will be awaiting nebraska well, yeah, so so you guys have gone through now now ranked one of the teams that's definitely still competing for the the top of the league, but where Nebraska has dealt with some injuries, who who's in or who's out, you guys have have had to deal with a with a suspension and then coming back as you talked about with Terrence, just kind of what what's been the the viewpoint on what the team's ceiling is with or without him, whether or not he's going to ultimately have to like. Is he still around the rest of the year? What's kind of the next process 
for whether or not a, a suspension gets reinstated. Cause I, I can tell you from, from here, it was just enough of going, okay, someone was suspended. They're not on the schedule for a while. We won't kind of look at it yet until it gets to this week, but then seeing uh, the, the judge lift the suspension and the reasoning is what made it so interesting to me where it's someone's potential earnings in, in the, the draft and their draft position. I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I, I think it came down to um, a couple things. One is, is you know, for, you know, first off, obviously the presumption of innocence was a big part of it and the lack of due process. And and so basically there was a, a process set up at the, the Department of Intercollegiate Athletics that, you know, puts them on suspension, zero tolerance. An average student would not go through that. They would be able to have uh, an actual hearing with some due process and some evidence to determine if they're booted. Um, and and that was not done for Terrence Shannon Jr. And so that was that was kind of, you know, the presumption of innocence and then a lack of due process was was what got him reinstated. Now, part of that was is that the lack of those two things, caused you know him to be hurt from a draft status nil funds so it goes back to if the university wants to go through um their office of student i need i have to go look up the the uh the the thing but it's an oscar process if you if you take the acronym uh-huh. but um the student you know student uh, relations board would look at this and and see you know they would actually you know, get information, which would require an investigation, which would go across state lines, which would take a while. Uh-huh. And so if the university wanted to do that, it wouldn't happen before the end of basketball season anyway. But the judge mandated that you must do something with due process if you are going to suspend him. And so and then you also have to play him. You know, you got to coach Underwood couldn't just like, oh, I'm not going to play him. Right. That would that would get them back the university back into court. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it comes into the fact that I, and I'm not going to go into a lot of the details of the court case. The presumption mm-hmm. of innocence is there. Um, you also know that the D.A. may have evidence that people aren't aware of. Um, we can only say that that, you know, this is a this is a kid who I don't even know if he's ever had a detention. Mm-hmm. So the best, you know, you, you look at this and it was very hard to process for Illinois people, particularly those in the media who cover the team, very hard to process that of all the players, this is the one that that allegation was against. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, every single individual who plays sports at the university of Illinois should be a choir boy. You know, I'm not trying to say that, but I'm just saying this particular individual has no past history with, the police or issues with grades or, you know, I mean, it's just outside of what you've seen from his personal behavior. Wasn't there, don't know anything beyond that, but, but again, so the thought process is he has vehemently from day one said, I want to go to court. I will not plea bargain this down. I did not do anything. Right. So, you know, like I said, but the reason he's playing is because the lack of due process, presumption of innocence, and then those things caused the NIL funds to end the 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 issues with you know potential draft dropping. 
you know, the bottom line, people don't really remember it because it was a while ago. But when he was when he was suspended at that point in time, the debate was whether could he catch Zach Eady for the player of the year? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that means that that there was quite a change in what's happening. Um, and, and so he he's out there. He's facing very rough collegiate crowds. That's normal. You expect you expect the yeah. college kids to to yell stuff. Some of the things are bad. I mean, very bad. Um, and and so that's got to weigh on him. It's got to weigh on um, you know that the team has to has to notice it. Coach Under was like, eh, "No big deal." College mm-hmm. kids yell all the time. But I think there's a part of that. And and I think as he is getting back, I think he's figuring out that all I can do is control how I play in a game. Right. I can't control the future, the ultimate resolution of this case. Um, you know, obviously the the pie in the sky scenario would be for charge for his, you know, for charges to be dropped. I don't know what's going to happen in that case, but that's the ultimate scenario. There's a lot of issues with that district attorney that people can investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll we will see how this works out. But I think he has to focus on. I know I know how to make threes. This is the three that I feel comfortable shooting. I know what an open lane looks like. I know how to get down 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 court on a fast break mm-hmm. and just stick to the moment and and playing basketball. They could be fine. We saw that for the first time at Ohio State. Yeah. We saw the Terrence Shannon and I will tell you with him you're still in a single elimination tournament, okay? So so we all know that means the random nature of the NCAA tournament is why it is the event that it is mm-hmm. no one's guaranteed you know ask bill self you know when he played bucknell years ago <laughs> you know go ask um you know virginia or purdue what it's like to lose to a 16 but this team has final four potential if he's there playing because you know he's scored 30 this year domask has scored 30 this year coleman hawkins has scored over 20 um, uh, Gary A has scored over 20. Um, they, they have, they have a lot of pieces that can score and they play really good defense, but they haven't figured that out yet since <laughs> he's gotten back. They have, and even a little bit before that, their defense has not been as good. If they get the defense back to where they were when they were playing Missouri and their offense seems to be as good as it, it seems to be no problems. He's there or not there. If they get that defense back, they are incredibly tough. That being said, um, the NCAA tournament is is a bear. And when you see all these top 10 teams losing on the road, I think it is going to be the craziest NCAA tournament that we've seen. And last year was really crazy. And it may yeah. be even crazier this year. Yeah, there are a lot of teams that just they they've struggled away from home, and Nebraska in particular. And obviously, uh, we're we're gonna see Nebraska at Illinois. I'll I'll just I'll, I'll give you one more. Nebraska hasn't played well on the road. A big part of that has been the defensive side of the ball, both allowing really good looks from three and allowing offensive rebounds. And and I I know Illinois is going to want to take advantage of both of those things exactly and they, and they and if they're playing well they will those will be kryptonite but these are college kids and and it's interesting because I hear all these coaches talk about toughness and and look I, I was like the epitome of a tough high school player you know you want me nowhere near a college court because talent <laughs> is required too 
I look at it more as a guy who's coached AAU for 10 years. I look at what the college coaches really want as being more of discipline. Mm -hmm. Do you have the discipline to block out and make sure that that offensive rebound doesn't get to your opponent? Do you have the discipline? You've been taught how to close out and push and run people off the line, but do you have the discipline to do it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I know, like I said, I know college coaches love to do the toughness, the rock fight. And look, I, I don't know who the toughest player in college basketball is. If I had to make a bet, the toughest probably isn't the best basketball player. So I tend to, I tend to wanted my teams to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. We could worry about, you know, I mean, you obviously you don't want a bunch of, uh, you know, guys crying out there, softies, you know, that type <laughs> of thing. But to me, it's that discipline, and that's what Illinois needs to get back on defense. And mm-hmm. they've got a couple players who are very consistent on that. But in the end, um, it, it, it's a challenge to to get the guys to in and out do what they need to do. And that's when Illinois has been the most successful. And and that was like when Io was a part of the team because you always knew Io may not shoot well that game. But you knew on defense what he was going to do. You knew what he was going to do on offense. And that mm-hmm. discipline pulled that team through bad nights when this or that wasn't working. Right. And I think Hoiberg really hit on that. I just would have used the word discipline over toughness. But he mm-hmm. really hit on that last in last night's press conference. And I thought I thought he really did a good job. And that's why I was wondering if somebody's asked him about, you know, would you have maybe made these – this defensive emphasis had you been in the big 12. I, I'm just curious. I mean, right. You know, nobody's going to want to give big 12 teams, you know, bulletin board material from the <laughs> NCAA. Yeah. But, but again, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, if I was talking with him in a bar off the record, I would, I would really go into that and, and want to talk about the difference between conferences. Right. Any other questions that you had today, sir? Uh, no, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so curious on, on where this game is because it, it hasn't all been easy for the Illini, obviously, nope. as, as we illustrated and, and for Nebraska, they played so well at home and so poorly on the road and, and looking at where teams are for the NCAA tournament and they, for Illinois, where are you at seating for Nebraska? Can you get in and then seating? Figuring something out on the road until Nebraska wins on the road. I can't really trust them at all, but, but it's so intriguing to see each game. Is this going to be the one where something goes right? Then what does the team look like? What is that confidence level because of how good they've looked at home? We know there are things that are capable there and does it happen at Illinois? I would, that's one of, that's one of five road games left on the regular season, but does it happen Sunday? I don't know, but that's what makes it interesting, and that's why we watch the games. Yeah. Oh, and and I tell you, uh, Illinois fans are nervous because you see them coming off a victory over a Wisconsin team that's very good, but relatively untested mm-hmm. uh, in the Big Ten. You know, and and so you look at it and you say, okay, this opens the door. You have more hope when you play Wisconsin, but now all of a sudden you have to take Nebraska a lot more seriously. So it's a it's kind of like a you know you right. lower one side but you got to raise another <laughs> and and my whole thought is is if if I'm a you know on the Illinois staff and thank God for Illini fans I'm not but if I'm <laughs> on the Illinois staff I'm like we got to punch these guys in the mouth early 
because mm-hmm. they're going to be higher than a kite coming off that victory. And I don't want them to be confident in the second half here in Champaign-Urbana. Right. I, I want them, I want them going, ah, oh, man, our road problems. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do at Northwestern on Wednesday. Yeah. And, and I would, I would much rather have that because it, it is interesting. Um, the, the home cooking factor is also kind of crazy when you see, you know, like Northwestern goes to Purdue and Purdue shoots 46 free throws and Northwestern shoots eight and Purdue fans are mad because Edie had a bunch of fouls on him that weren't called. So apparently 46 to eight is not enough of a gap. (laughs) There there should have been more. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, and so Northwestern will be tough. I will say Indiana, to me, Indiana's offense is hot and cold. Mm -hmm. If they play defense, they're, they're tough at home. If they don't have a good defensive game, they can be beaten. And then Ohio state, I've never seen it. The Ohio state team is a, the epitome of you are stronger the, the 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 pieces the individual parts the 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 team does not reach the sum and uh-huh. I don't know what Chris Holtman's doing there because they're like Royal is coming off the bench I mean you want to see a line I um, like the the line I guys you know Brad and myself and Ked who do a lot of scouting if Royal were to hit the transfer portal and go to Illinois we'd be high fiving one another that's how good he is. <laughs> Yeah. And he's, and he's playing, you know, minimal minutes. I don't even get it. So, um, and then of course, Michigan's just a mess. Yeah. You know, the, one of the things we did on a podcast was I made Brad and Ked argue over who would they rather have coached their team, Chris Holtman or Juwan Howard. And that was one of the greatest debates of two people who didn't want to answer that I've, <laughs> that I've ever seen. So, so uh, there's going to be opportunities. And of course, that's the one thing that Nebraska has done a great job though. They, they, they haven't lost that game at home. And if you put all those four wins into the, into the, uh, into their thing and you win, let's say three out of five on the road, a 23 win team in the big 10 is going to be going to the, to the dance. And, and depending on what the rest of the country does might have a better seating than one might imagine. Yeah, if Nebraska did that, so you you talk right there, that's winning seven of nine down yeah. the stretch to go into, into the Big Ten tournament. Then you're in the conversation for a double bye if you win seven of nine at the end here and some other things fall your way. Nebraska's not looking at just making the NCAA tournament in that scenario. They're looking at a single-digit seed. Right, Right. And, 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 and that's the same, but that's the same pressure that, that Illinois is on, you know, Illinois 16 and five, obviously they've got some other things that are, that they're rated highly on that puts them into a good space. But as they go down and you you look at the rest of, of, you know, their games, you know, that they've got to, they've got to play at Michigan state at Maryland and Maryland has been Mm -hmm. Brad Underwood's kryptonite. They've got to play at Penn state again, another team that, that, has just caused Illinois fits. Um, and, and then they're playing at Iowa at Wisconsin. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's some, there's some challenging games there, um, you know, that will, that will give uh, be, I mean, Illinois could win every one of them, but in the big 10, they could also lose quite a few of those. And then, (laughs) and then when one of your home games is against Purdue, I don't care who you are. Nobody writes that in an ink as a W. Right. So it, the Big Ten season is really, really going to be exciting. So, hey, thank you so much for coming on to Eye on the Illini. We really appreciate you coming on. Of course, folks, if you if you want to take a look um, at Caleb's stuff, 
Um, you can also find him, obviously, you know, you can look, if, if you can get him on the radio station at KLIN, got a radio <laughs> show, you want to listen to it, but he's at Husker Max and, and you can get his writing there as well. So there's a lot of ways to access Caleb. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, sir. Anytime, Mike. Appreciate All it. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or on the other side of the world, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Be it in-game results, top-level stories, or the latest behind-the-scenes info in recruiting, IlliniGuys.com has you covered. For about 25 cents a day, you can have an inside path to your favorite Illini teams. And we'll even throw in a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button, and get immediate access to dozens of stories each month, message forums, free giveaways, and more. IlliniGuys.com. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. That's 800-218-4958. Thank you so much to Caleb Henry for sharing with us what's going on with the Nebraska team. Hopefully you've got a little bit of an idea of the challenge that the Illini will face on Sunday. And we are very excited about that game. And of course, we will have an eye on the, the Illini podcast directly after the game. So make sure that you tune into that as well. Hopefully we got you prepared for your trip there and we will get you prepared on your trip home to digest what happened. We're looking forward to a fantastic game. We will hear you Sunday. Go Illini. Illini.